The Boy by Marley Sims But Mum, I love you. I was pleading with all my heart. It'll be awful for me. I'll miss your wedding anniversary party and it's Molly's birthday this year. She'll be five. I don't see how happy she is when she opens the present I got her. It wasn't working. We can send you a video of her opening her present. That won't be a problem, Robert. Mum was trying to sympathise with me, but she was just making me feel worse. She continued flicking the open screen, trolling through pages, looking for a score for me. I tried again to convince her not to send me away, but she kept insisting that I had to go to boarding school. The schools did look amazing. The children, well, the young adults in the brochure looked way older than me, but I kept getting told I am short for my age. I am 10 years old and I have brown eyes and brown hair. My dad is 185 centimetres. He has hazel eyes and black hair. My mum is 29 centimetres shorter than dad. The only thing I knew about Molly is that she's four years old. Height-wise, she is under one metre. If you are wondering how I know this information in such detail, well, the story starts when we went to Dubai on holiday. Well, Molly, Mum and I were on holiday. Dad was in meeting after meeting while his company tried to secure new business deals throughout the Middle East. During our stay, we went to many theme parks where we had to measure how tall we were so we would know if it was safe to go on the different rides. Big rides for big people, small rides for small people. This is how I knew our height so well. We all had an amazing time and I thought we bonded as a family. These were happy days, but with hindsight, it was the start of the problems. On the back of this great trip, the decision was made that Dad would have to go and live in Dubai. Foolishly, I assumed I would go with them. To my horror, I found out I would not be joining them. I was being sent to boarding school, and I was not looking forward to it. It was September the 3rd, the new school term started tomorrow, as Mum and I took a slow drive along the entrance road towards my new boarding school. We looked out of the blacked out window of our black jeep, and my mum whispered to herself, look at this lovely place. In my head, I'm thinking, what is this place? Is this some kind of gel? It's got high touch, but like, look where, like where naughty children are held in isolation. There are big grass areas, and mum spotted them too. Look at those lovely areas running around in, she beamed. I knew she was just saying that to make me want to go there, to see the positive sides of being here. For sure there were positives of her and dad. I could not see any for me. She was oblivious to the big red signs commanding, do not go on the grass or face a level one sanction. Hmm, I thought. I didn't see that in the brochure. I got out of the car and felt a shiver go down my spine. We followed the signs straight to the beggarly rooms, where I was told I'd find room 24, which would be my classroom for the term on arrival. I was not surprised at what I found. The door creaked as it opened. The floorboards creaked as I walked on them. The cupboard doors creaked as I took a peek inside. The label on the door had faded badly over the years. I could not read what it said. 
The smell was overpowering. It smelled like old rotten cheese, but the kind of cheese that even the hungriest of mice wouldn't have eaten. Miss Yell was sat at the front of the classroom. She began tapping her cane on the floor to summon our attention. Tap, tap, tap. She scowled at me while Mum was talking with the receptionist outside. In my head, my own voice was saying, this is going to be a long year. Luckily, Mum came in and rescued me from any further dialogue with Miss Yell. I headed out with her and the receptionist back out to the car park area. So this was it. I was stood at the front gate with my mum. She put her arms around me and all I could feel was her hard shoulder against my cheek. I let go of her cold cuddle. She made one last plea not to be left here. Why do you have to go? Why do I have to stay? I quizzed. Look at this place. When I turned around to see the reaction on my mum's face, I pleaded to stay a part of the family I grew up with. But she wasn't there. She had already climbed into the car before she slammed the door. All I could hear was her voice chatting to Moles, saying, Hey Moles, do you want to go to McDonald's? As I heard her, I thought, how McDonald's is my favourite place in the world to go with Molly. I stood stunned. All I could remember, hearing the car engine fading away as they left. Miss Yale saw the whole scene from her classroom in Begley Block. I heard the creak as she opened the window and yelled the perfect pronunciation, Go and make some new friends. There's no point standing around there. They aren't coming back. So that was that. I went off. My eyes were red, but I held back the tears. I took a deep breath and turned to head back along the path to where I spotted the playground earlier only for two boys who seemed to appear from nowhere but my path. They said nothing, but silence was deafening. Eventually, a taller boy exclaimed, So you're the new boy, huh? Too bad for you. You have no friends or family. Not being too sure how to reply, I played it safe. Hi, my name's Robert. It's nice to meet you. I had seen my dad introduce himself in this way many times. I'm not sure, but it seemed the right thing to do. The taller boy smiled at me and turned to his friend. Did you hear somebody say something? Then the shorter boy fixed his gaze on me and snorted. No, Zach, all I could hear was this wind. The tall boy, who I guess was called Zach, and the shorter sidekick laughed there at their own joke and walked away. I felt so sad. I felt so lonely. I didn't want to cry in front of these people, but I could feel the water building in my eyes. How could my parents do this to me? But in the background, I saw this other child. He was stood alone by a tree. He was watching me. He gave a small wave with his hand. Then I heard then my head filled with the shrill of, Robert! It was Miss Yell. I gave a quick and discreet wave back at the boy and then ran off towards the yelling Miss Yell. So this is your room, Robert. Unpack your bags before 4.15pm as Matron will be here to collect your clothes for washing. Before I could reply, Miss Yell turned on her heels and marched off. But Miss Yell, I like the smell of my clothes. I sobbed. They remind me of home. Too bad, you're in the school's hands now, Miss Yell stated. If you have any complaints, then put them in writing to the headmaster. 
I'll check each letter first to make sure you are not embarrassing beggarly block with scuffy handwriting or poor punctuation first. I looked around my room. It was very small, but cold, but functional. It reminded me of one of the cabins I had seen on the school trip to HMS Belfast. It had a bed, a wardrobe, a bookshelf. By the time I would have unpacked my stuff, I'd have it looking more homely. Then I realised the bookshelf had spiderwebs intertwining themselves in the mahogany wood. Ew! I guessed it had not been dusted for years. I undid my rucksack and started to unpack using a pair of socks as duster to wipe each surface before I placed my belongings on my new furniture. There was a knock on the door. It was a tall boy from earlier, Zack. Hi, he quipped. Sorry about earlier. Look, I know it's tough being new here, so I wondered if you wanted to borrow my CD player so you can break up the loneliness for your first night. I desperately wanted to tell him to get out of here. But then I thought, perhaps in my emotional state earlier, that I misread the situation and he was not as bad as I thought. Thanks. I held up my hand and took the music player. Keep it as long as you like. This is a great room. Look at that lovely view from your window. I turned and looked to look. This guy must like cars, because all I could see is grey tarmac of the car park. I turned back to see him with both of his hands behind his back. The tall, smiling boy smiled at me once again and then walked off. After cleaning a little spot on the top of the set of drawers, I put down the music player and hit play. Bob Marley started to sing to me. It was great advice he had for me. He was telling me, don't worry about a thing, and that every little thing is going to be alright. I smiled, but more tears came to my eyes. I laid on my bed and listened to Bob. Maybe everything is going to be alright. I must have just fallen asleep. As the next thing I knew, I woke cold and shivering on my bed. The digital clock on the music player told me that it was 2.18. It was way too early to be getting up. All I could hear was silence and it scared me. I lay still, straining my ears to hear any sounds that might be familiar to me. Normally I'd hear my mum and dad chatting and my sister snoring. There, where there were no sounds, my imagination started to fill the silence. I was starting to free myself out. I do not like this. I want my mum and dad. I want to grab my teddy. He wasn't there. Where is he? Where is he? I felt a surge of adrenaline. My boy was ready to fight or flight. But my sleepy brain was not telling me why. Then it came to me. That boy. What was his name? Huh? He, he was distracting me by getting me to look out the window. He had stolen my teddy. I fell crying into my pillow, just hoping nobody would hear me. Normally, I would go to my mum and say, I can't find my teddy. Or, can you help me find my teddy? If you, if I could wish for anything, I would wish to go one year back in time for all this nonsense about boarding school happened. I cried and yelled into my pillow. Eventually, I must have just fallen asleep. I was awoke by a loud bang. It was a knock at the door. I leaped out of bed, straight into, back into fight or flight mode. I bent my knees, ready to pounce on the bullies before they could even get one word out of their mouth. I opened the door. 
I was primed, ready to pounce, but quickly disguised my action as turning it into some kind of exercise move. It was the boy that had waved to me. He had my teddy. I asked, did you steal my teddy? I growled. No, no, I saw the bully boys. Take it from it from your room, answered the boy. Let me guess, you have my red music player in there? Yes, I replied. He must have noticed the confusion in my voice. It's mine. They stole it from me last night. It was all part of the elaborate plan to get your teddy. Thank you for getting my teddy back. What are you doing later? Would you like to play together at break time? Yeah, sure. Normally I'll just sit on my own and watch others play hockey. Last year, I was a new boy. I know what it's like. The boy's face looked so excited. I thought, yes, I'm not going to be lonely anymore. I help out my hand. Hi, I'm Robert. It's nice to meet you. I wasn't joking. It was really nice to meet him. Nice to meet you, Robert. The name's Harrison, but you can call me Harry. After meeting Harry, things have gone well at school. In a PE lesson, me and Harry got picked for the hockey A team. Harry said, thanks for playing hockey with me. It's really made me better. You know, before you came, I was rubbish at hockey. I always found the skills easy, but just didn't want to be around those bullies while they had hockey sticks in their hands. At least around the school, they hold back from physical bullying, but on the hockey pitch, even teachers don't stop them leaving us full of bruises. And to make things worse, next week we're moving on to contact rugby. This poor guy, he was in such a state. He had, he was a great friend and a real gentleman, but he was having the life squeezed out of him by the bullies. I had to hide how cross I was, because I had the rest of the school day to get through. As school days go, it wasn't a bad one. It started off with PE all morning. We were preparing for the rugby finals, which is creating really good buzz around school. After break, we have Latin, and after lunch, we have geography. And then letter writing. Letter writing can be a mixed blessing. Sometimes when I get letters from my sister, it's the highlight of my week. However, more often than not, I just sit silently and watch my friends' reaction as they open letters from their families, because I don't always get letters. Had a few letters arrive. I was looking through them and skim reading them. However, one stood out for me. It smelled like strawberries. I remember going to build a bear, and Molly built a dog called Rainbow. She put a scent in it, and it smelled like strawberries. She must have wrote the letter ne- with Rainbow next to her. Then I looked at the edges, at the colourful stamps she had put around the outside. I remember I gave them to her one Saturday morning. I was saving up to get a chocolate bar, but then I saw the stamps, and instead of buying the chocolate bar, I've bought the stamps and a Milky Way. At that time, there was Molly's favourite chocolate bar. Since my tears on the first night, I had locked my emotions about home away, but thinking about Molly brought tears to my eyes. I loved my sister, and I missed her. A tear rolled down my cheek, quickly followed by more and more. Look at those girly stamps on Robert's envelope, everybody. A shout came over my shoulder. It was Zach. I quickly put the letter back into its envelope and then quickly put it into my bag. However, in my rush to stop Zach taking it, the corner of the letter tore on the jaws of the zip. He slammed me hard on my shoulder as he walked past. I felt his 
eyes burn into the back of my head. Then I heard his voice growl into my ear. I'll see you on the rugby pitch. I hope you like the taste of dirt. I couldn't believe it. Zach was making everybody's life misery. It was time for this to stop. The end of the hockey lessons was a welcome break for all of us. However, the break in the sports pitch assault were short-lived. Today was our first rugby training session. Nobody had been looking forward to this. The children would be as white as a ghost with shock as they told me about the rugby sessions were last year. It was more like playing Skittles. Timid boy called Toby told me. He, He was telling me how the mean boys would just get the ball and knock you over try after try after try. Rather than run around you, they'll pick up the ball and run at you. As no foul was committed, the teachers did nothing. After the warm-up, the children looked like rabbits who were trapped in the headlights of an oncoming truck. The driver of that particular truck was Zack, or Zack the Scare, as this was how he was known around school. The practice match had started. Zack didn't wait long. Within the first minute, he roughly tackled a boy running through to make a try, making sure he put all his body weight on the boy's chest and slammed him on the ground. Rugby is supposed to be a game for gentlemen, but not today. It was a slaughter. Next, Zack the Scare tackles Harry, hitting him hard in the mouth with his shoulder. Poor Harry's mouth guard flew out. It splattered into the dirt, quickly followed by a wounded Harry. That made me really angry. Angry, because he just hurt my best friend. I was thinking, enough! He can't do this to everyone. It's just so mean. Then I noticed that he was running up to the halfway line, bashing players to the ground, leaving devastation in his awake. There were bodies everywhere. My rage was building, but in my head, my plan was forming. At the halfway line, it was soggy with mud. Zack the scale would be there in 30 strides time. A quiet voice in my head started listing out the repercussions for me. My Should my plan fail? but the voice was overpowered by the beat of my heart thumping in my chest. My feet felt like they were on fire. I powered forward as if springs had shot out of my feet. Everything turned to slow motion as I was overcome with a calmness. In my head, I had flashbacks from my old rugby coach. The words instructed me of the familiar commands of go for the waist, Robert, and get them around the waist, slide your hands down to their feet. They will topple to the ground. Remember, bigger they are, harder they fall. I was like a torpedo locked onto a target. In five paces time, my shoulder was going to smash hard into his hip. My arms would go round his waist and only once I had my arms clasped together, I would start to slide down his leg. Then disaster struck. I lost my footing in the slippery mud. I was going too fast to stop or change direction. I misstepped and crashed hard into Zack the Scare. My shoulder hit his knee. The next thing I know, my brain was bringing me out of slow motion mode back to real life. Zack was crumpled on the floor, was screaming and screaming, shouting, Why did you do that? I stood there looking down at him, confused by my emotions. Should I feel guilty for feeling proud about what I just did? I just stood in silence as he screamed at me over and over. That was a dirty tackle. It was a foul. Do you hear me? 
I stared straight into his eyes. I held my stare while I called out to the other boys. Guys, do you hear something? Or is it just the wind? He stood up and yelled whilst unsuccessfully trying to hold back his tears. I'm not the wind, you, you, you failed me. You hear me? Then one by one, the boys from the back of the crowd quipped. I don't hear anything. I think you're right, Robert. It's just the wind. Then all of the boys crowded around behind him. I he- then I could hear lots of whispering. Then suddenly, out of nowhere, I heard, Robert the Rescuer! Robert the Rescuer! They're all jumping round circles. And I was in the middle of all of this cheering. They were waving their arms in the air, smiles on their faces. In the distance, I could see Zack, the not-so-scary anymore, had walked off to sit on a bench. He was lonely now. I felt relieved from this moment on. I didn't think anybody would get bullied from Zack anymore. From that day onwards, life was better for everybody. Days and weeks passed without incident. July the 5th, I was in the lunch hall, enjoying my spaghetti bolognese, chatting with Harry about rugby and how he would soon be the kicker for the A-team. Suddenly I hear, Robert! shouted over all the students and everyone went quiet and looked at Miss Yao. She pointed at me and beckoned me over. I was so disappointing to be leaving my spaghetti bolognese. It was my favourite meal and I was sat with my favourite friend. I followed her to the front gate. My mum, my dad and Molly were there. I was so happy to see them again. It's been a whole year since I last saw them. Molly was nearly as tall as me now. My mum gave me a huge cuddle. Molly gave me such a big cuddle. I was wondering if I would get a handshake or a cuddle from my dad. Surprisingly, he gave me a cuddle. My mum said, we have some good news for you. Your dad has been given a new job still in Dubai, but we have found a new school in Dubai that you can go with with Molly. Come on, let's go. I paused and thought, I don't want to leave here without Harry. Which one do I choose? I was inspired to write this story based on the time when my mum, dad, sister and I went to live in Dubai. At my school in Dubai, I had two best friends called Harrison and Arjan. After two years, Arjan left to go to boarding school and I left to move to a school in London. Harrison stayed in the school in Dubai. Arjan going off on his own to boarding school gave me the idea for this story. My friend Harrison gave me the idea to have a friendly character called Harry. As when I moved to Dubai and I was the new boy in the school and I knew no one, Harrison helped me settle into school life. I hope you enjoyed listening to this story as much as I liked writing it.